I'm just so pumped to get in to this message today, starting off a brand new series called Deeper. And uh, Michelle basically preached my message for me without realizing it. So God bless you guys. You can go home, have a great lunch. I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Come on now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You thought I was letting you off easy today, but nah. He said, we already had the altar call and everything, Pastor. Okay, all right, but we're going to get into this. Um, and you know, I didn't talk to Michelle about that. I think she knew a little bit about what this was gonna be about, but man, she really just nailed that. I think that was the Holy Spirit speaking through her in that moment that, hey, we're gonna really be pressing in for something new, for something deeper, for something better than what we've seen before. And last week I talked about on Vision Sunday, our word for this year for 2022 is deeper. Somebody say deeper. Now, uh, you might even see, we got a little bit excited about this, all right? And so we made some new shirts. Y'all see these right here? We got Rad Fam shirts. We got the deeper shirt in the back. Uh, and we just want to have a rallying cry around this word. And that's why we did all this is because it's more than just a word, right? We, we can say the word deeper. Oh, we're going to go deeper, right? But if you don't do anything about it, if you don't put it on a shirt and wear it out loud and proud, if you don't talk about it, if you don't live it, then it doesn't really matter, right? And so we're going to go deeper with the Lord. And we want to go deeper in two things. The first thing I talked about was deeper in devotion to the Lord. And what is devotion? We talked about it's a love, a loyalty, and a passion for someone or something. So we want to increase in our love and our passion for the Lord this year. Can somebody say amen to that? Come on, I'm to increase my love and passion for God. The second thing is we want to increase our discipleship, deeper discipleship. I want to know God more. And just like Michelle said, I don't want to just know of God, but I want to know God himself, right? I want to get to know him. And that comes by prayer. That comes by reading scripture. That comes by going to church, just like you are right now. It comes by getting in community with other people in rad groups that think the same way, that are edifying each other. Iron sharpens iron. And so uh, we're going deeper in devotion and deeper in discipleship. And here's the problem, I think, when somebody says, I want to go deeper with the Lord. The first thing that they try to do is they try to get to know God better, right? And it's not a bad thing, right? You want to get to know who God is. You want to know him better. And we talk about that. I was just talking about it right now in discipleship. And so they'll go and get a Bible study. They'll go and start reading the word. Uh, they'll go and start doing all these things to try to get to know God better. But I think sometimes that might not be the best place to start. Now hear me out for a second. Sometimes I think the reason is, is because if you try to get to know God without knowing who you are, I think it's going to be a lot more difficult to know who he is. Because the Bible says that you're created in God's image, amen? And God speaks about you in amazing, amazing ways. And if you're trying to get to know God through the lens of your broken self and of a broken identity that you have within you, it's gonna be a lot harder to see God and everything, a lot harder to understand who he is. And so if you wanna go deeper with God, I think the first thing you need to understand is that you are made for more. You're made for more than mediocre. You're made for more than average. Just like we were talking about this morning, you're made for so much more than you really understand. And that's what we're talking about today. If you're taking notes, the title of the message is simply made for more. Somebody say made for more. You know what? Say it like this. I am made for more. Declare that over yourself. If you want to go deeper with God, you have to understand that you're made for more. And I hope that we're okay. I'm going to jump right into this today and slap somebody in the face, all right? But you are made for more than Sunday morning Christianity. Can I get an amen? You're made for so much more than just coming to church on a Sunday morning and singing some songs and having a grand old time. There's nothing wrong with that. I think it's great. As a matter of fact, I love church. I love Sunday mornings. I mean, I grew up going to church. I've been in church my entire life. 
And I, I, I don't really ever remember a time when I wasn't going on a Sunday morning to service. And I went to private Christian school. I went to a Bible college. So, I mean, if there is somebody that has been in it for my entire life and has been in the Christian bubble in that culture for a very long time, I'm telling you, it was me, okay? I am that guy. And so I love it. I love everything about it. As a matter of fact, uh, I lived in, when I was in high school, we lived here in Kyle, but my church, I grew up in Round Rock. And so we moved to Kyle when I was in high school and my church was in Cedar Park. And I would drive every Sunday morning and every Wednesday night all the way to Cedar Park from here like deep in the Cedar Park. Like not just like, you know, barely Austin Cedar Park. I'm talking like we're going Lakeline Mall, Cedar Park, all the way out there, even farther. That's where my church was. And I loved it. I had no problem driving that far to go to church as a 16, 17, 18 year old, two, three times a week, because number one, that's where my friends were. But number two, God was there. And I had encounters with him at that place. And, and that's where I was learning how to really go deeper in my relationship with the Lord. And so it didn't even mean anything. I, I was like, well, of course I'll drive 45 minutes or an hour to get to church because that's where God is. And that's where my friends are. And, and I love the community. I love my relationships there. And, and in fact, I, I would go to church so often, my parents would have to actually ground me from going to church sometimes. Now we'll talk about if that's a good biblical parenting thing right there. But listen, the point is I, was, I wasn't doing my homework, guys. I would go to church, I wouldn't even do my homework. My parents are like, no, you're not going to church. You have a six page paper due tomorrow morning. And I'm like, but it's church, you can't do that. And they're like, mm, watch me, right? You know what I'm saying? Like parents, you know what I'm talking about, okay? And so I got that six page paper done and I was back at church on Sunday the next, the next week, all right? Um, but I love Sunday mornings. I love walking in seeing my best friends, seeing my family and seeing people that I'm getting to know and growing in relationship with. I love getting some hot coffee. Come on, somebody who's a coffee church person. Who's like them donuts, you know? I had a few people the other day like, are we gonna get kolaches? I'm like, no, those are expensive, man. I ain't trying to buy that. You can get your own kolache and you can get a donut. Okay, anyway. But I love worshiping. I love prayer. I love singing our favorite songs and God of Revival, man, what a great song. And we're singing Oceans, a song, you know, we used to sing years ago, but I'm bringing it back because it's, it's cool for this series and we're going deeper with the Lord, right? I love it. I love listening to God's word, the word of God that is alive, that's active, that's sharper than any sword, right? And it pierces our hearts and it transforms us. Man, if you really understand what church is about and why we're here, you would love it too, right? And it's amazing. And I love Sunday mornings. But a lot of people, you know, what they really like is, is right after Sunday morning. You know what I'm talking about? When you get that lunchtime with your friends, you get to go hang out, you get that Sunday afternoon post-church lunch. That is some good stuff. I don't know why, but lunch just tastes better on a Sunday. I don't even care. It could be the same place on Monday, but it tastes better on a Sunday. And then the afternoon nap that comes afterwards. Oh, Lord. No nap is better than a Sunday afternoon nap after church post-lunch. There you go. You know what I'm talking about? It's the best kind of nap that you could have. Uh, and I love, I love everything about it. I love Sunday mornings, but they don't define my relationship with Jesus. I love Sunday mornings, but it doesn't determine my relationship with God. So many people walk around in their lives and the Sunday morning experiences is all they have to hold on to with their relationship with the Lord. And, but I was lucky enough to grow up understanding that my walk with Jesus was not a once a week commitment, but an everyday lifestyle, right? Our relationship with God cannot just be a once a week thing that we do, but it has to be an everyday thing that we are, amen. It has to be something more. And this is what Jesus has to say kind of indirectly about the Sunday morning Christianity that I think that you and I might experience and even sometimes we fall into, right? If we're being honest, okay? 
Matthew 7, 21 through 23, he says this, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons? In your name perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Now, that is a piercing passage of scripture, is it not? That passage right there just by itself will really make you look inside of who you are and say, is that me? And I think that many times in scripture, we need to do that. We need to look inside of ourselves and, and just look at that and say, am I that person? Jesus said in the last days, many people are gonna say, well, well, Jesus, I sang all the songs. I even sang the oceans one. I sang the God of Revival one. I sang the fast one. I clapped my hands real, real, you heard it, right, Lord? And I sang the songs I didn't even like. I didn't even like that second one. It was not even good. I don't even like that one, all right? But I sang it anyway, Lord. And I, I went to church on Sunday mornings and I listened to the pastor most of the time, if I'm not on my phone or sleeping, like I, I tried, I really did, you know. I went to church, I was a good person. But yet the Bible says, that the gate into heaven is narrow. It's not this wide open gate like many of us in culture think nowadays. There's so many ways to get to God, right? Like you can go to God through Hinduism and you can get to God through Buddhism. You can get to God through all these different religions. And you know, we're all really worshiping the same God. We're really all doing the same thing. No, that's not what Jesus says. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. If you wanna to get to the father, you go through me. And Jesus said that, I, basically, he's the perfect representation of the Father. If you want to know who the Father is, you want to know who God is, look to Jesus. You want to know the solution to every single problem in your life, look to Jesus, right? That Jesus is everything. And church is fantastic. I'm not saying church isn't great. I'm not saying you shouldn't come on Sunday morning. Please do. It's a good thing to do. And I believe it's important to gather together for worship. And, but here's the thing, y'all. If our gatherings are devoid of the presence of God, I don't want it. Cancel it. I don't want to do it. If you don't feel the presence of God, leave. You should. I'm serious. I want to feel the presence of God in our gatherings. Listen, I'm not satisfied with anything less. And I hope that you wouldn't be either. If you want to go deeper with God, don't be satisfied with average. I'm not satisfied. I don't want to sing another song. I don't want to just sing songs. I don't want to preach another message until I know that God is there and God is in it. Can I get an amen this morning? I'm telling you, you need the presence of God in your life. It's better than anything else that you could ever ask, think, or imagine. I want to encounter Jesus in this place. And if our gatherings are not marked by the power and the presence of God, then we might as well just cancel it. And as a matter of fact, God actually said that one time in scripture. Isaiah 1.13, in the NIV, it says, stop bringing meaningless offerings. Quit it, come on. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Okay, God, all right. I cannot bear when you guys go to church and you're just playing church. Don't do it, says the Lord. I love Isaiah 113 in the message. This one, it makes it a lot better, I think, for us to understand. Quit your worship charades. I can't stand your trivial religious games, monthly conferences, weekly Sabbath, special meetings, 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 meetings. I can't stand one more. Meetings for this, meetings for that. I hate them. You've worn me out. I'm sick of your religion, 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 while you go right on sinning. 
when you put on your next prayer performance, I'll be looking the other way. No matter how long or loud or often you pray, I'll not be listening. Now that makes it a lot more understandable, right? <laughs> Quit your worship charades. Don't come in this place and just say, you know what? Oh, I'm going to do this today. But the rest of the 167 hours a week that I have, I'm going to pretend like Jesus doesn't exist. That's not what God asked for us. God wants your full devotion. We want to go deeper with the Lord, right? He wants your full devotion. He wants your full heart. He wants your full mind. He wants everything about you. He wants everything, the fullness of who you are, but he can't get that from you if you don't even give him your full week, right? And I'm not, I'm not saying that every single day you just need to be on your knees praising the Lord and like, you know, every second of every day is just praying to God or doing something for the Lord. Listen, God delights in the everyday hangouts that we have with our friends. He loves community. He loves when you laugh. He loves when you have a good time. He loves when we go to church and going to work is a good thing. And the Bible talks a lot about that. And there's so many things that God delights in the, the desires of your heart. He wants you to have those things. So don't hear me out. Uh, don't hear me saying that if you're not just on your knees in prayer every single day, then you're you know, doing something wrong. But what I'm saying is, are you doing everything for the glory of God? The Bible says in everything, right? Whatever it is that you do, do it for the glory of God, right? When you go to work, do it for the glory of God. When you're having dinner with your family, do it for the glory of God. When you're in church, do it for the glory of God. And this is what he's saying. He wants your full devotion. And if you're serious about going deeper with God, I think you have to start, the very first place you have to start is by breaking yourself of the Sunday morning Christianity that might be within you. If you wanna go deeper, you have to become dissatisfied with the spiritual high that you get when you come here. That's not enough. And you have to be committed to a daily walk with him instead. Becoming dissatisfied with just being here once a week for an hour, an hour and a half, and then going back and then living like that he doesn't exist. Everything that we do, we should be living, breathing the glory of God, right? Number two, if you're taking notes, you're made for more than making it to heaven. You're made for more than just making it into heaven. So many times in our uh, Christian belief and worldview, we think that getting to heaven is the, is the ultimate, right? This is what we're here to do, right? Is we're just, we're just trying to serve the Lord so that we one day can make it to heaven. But the problem is I see so many Christians that are late to the elevator. You know what I'm talking about? Probably not. Let me explain. There's a lot of people that are late to the elevator. You know, like you're on the elevator, okay? And you're standing there. Let's say you're on the elevator and you go in with your luggage at a hotel and then you see somebody coming from afar and they kind of spot the elevator. They're looking for it and they're walking down the hallway. And then unfortunately you make the eye contact that you didn't want to make, right? You make the eye contact and the door's open. It's wide open. You know, it's going to be open for just a little bit longer though. And so they start doing the, they start doing the you know what I mean? The little, little like rush with the little luggage thing. They start going a little faster and a little faster. And then in a split second, you're trying to decide, okay, like, am I going to hold this open? Am I going to do this? Am I going to push? Am I just going to kind of go over and like push a little close, 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 close? You know, you've done it. Don't lie to me. Okay. Don't lie to me. And then you're trying and they're like, are you going to hold this open? And you're like, I don't think so. You know, you're trying to make this decision. It's all happening within the course of a half of a second, right? It's so fast. Uh, and then finally what they do is they just kind of stick their hand in right at the last second and then they get it and it opens up and it goes ding, opens up and they just kind of <laughs> didn't want to hold the door open for me. And I'm like, you wouldn't have done it for me either. Don't even lie. But they just stick their hands in at the last second and then it pops open and they're just like ah, out of breath because they were really trying to get there. They had to hustle to get to that elevator, right? 
And I see so many Christians that are struggling their entire lives and they barely kind of just squeak into heaven, barely at the last second. And I feel like they're going to get to heaven. They're going to be like, oh Lord, Jesus, I made it. I barely made it. It was really difficult. I struggled my whole life. It was awful. I can't, I'm just grateful that I'm even here. But listen, let me tell you today that you're made for so much more than just barely scraping your way and clawing your way into heaven. Sometimes people find Jesus and it's this amazing experience, but then what they do right after is I think the worst possible thing to do. They, they have this salvation experience and then they immediately, instead of looking at Jesus that just saved them, they turn right back around and start looking at all the sin that they have in their lives. And so they take their eyes off of the, the God who knows them and has a plan for them and that saved them and they immediately start looking at, oh, but what about all this sin that I'm still dealing with? And they struggle and they struggle and they struggle and their entire lives, they struggle with the same things over and over and over and over again. And then they barely squeak their way into heaven. And they're like, oh, that was just exhausting. And I would hate that for you because we're not supposed to live that way. You understand we're not supposed to. You know what John 8, 36 says? It says, who the son is set free is free indeed. Come on, are you set free in the house of God today? then you're free, right? So you don't have to live looking at your sin any longer. You don't have to struggle any longer. Yes, we're gonna have sin in our lives. We're gonna have things that we fight against. The Bible says we fight against the flesh every single day. Yes, I understand, but you have to fight from a place of victory in Jesus, amen? 1 Corinthians 15, 56 through 57. The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is in the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, can somebody give him praise in this place today? Give him praise. Jesus gives us victory. But instead of living from a place of victory, what are you doing? You're living from a place of defeat. You're living from a place of condemnation when you turn and look back at the sin that you've been struggling with your whole life and you're dealing with this over and over and over again. Listen, you are made for more. You are victorious in Jesus and we need to live like that. Romans 6.11 says, you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. When you look at your life through the lens of victory, you're not saying, I'm just not trying to sin anymore, right? No, I'm victorious through Jesus. And in Christ, I can take authority over this thing in my life and say, get out of here. I don't want this anymore. That's not how I'm gonna live. I'm gonna conquer this thing in my life through Jesus. And now I can really step into the fullness of what God has for me and my purpose and my destiny and my calling. I'm not gonna struggle every single day. Come on, you have so much more that God has for your life than to be struggling for the rest of your life. I don't wanna see anyone else live like that anymore. And yeah, I see it all the time. God's plan isn't for you to get saved and then tread water until you make it to heaven. He has a lot more for you than that. And his plan really is not for you to get into heaven, but his plan is to get heaven into you. Matthew 6, 9 through 10, it's the beginning of a well-known passage that you would know called the Lord's Prayer. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What do we see in this passage here? What is God's will for earth to look like heaven? How does God choose to accomplish his will on this earth that we know? He accomplishes his will through you and me. So now what is your mission? To go to church and try not to sin? 
Yep, that's it. No, that's not. That's not it at all. And yet that's how so many of us live. That's not your mission. Your mission is to do the will of God by bringing heaven down to earth. Heaven is trying to get inside of you. And yet the problem is, is you're not focused on Jesus. You're not focused on heaven. You're not thinking from a heaven mindset. You're thinking from a sin mindset, right? And you're never gonna have victory in your life when you think from a sin mindset. We have to think that Jesus has given us victory over these things. We don't have to look at these any longer. Jesus, God has thrown away your sin as far as the east is from the west. And yet some of you are trying to go east and west to find it. Why? That's Satan. He's the one that's sending you on that chase to go try to find it. He say, oh, but what about this? What about that? What about this? No, that's not how I'm gonna live anymore. I'm saved. I'm a new creature. I'm set free by Jesus. I don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. Are you still gonna struggle a little bit? Yes, of course. In this life, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. He qualifies it afterwards. He says, take heart because he doesn't want you to stop there. In this world, you will have trouble and many of us stop. Stop reading that verse. But you don't look at the second half, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Live from that place of victory. And when Jesus left the earth, he said this in Matthew 28. This is the beginning of the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 through 19. Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to who? Jesus. It's not a trick question, I promise. If you don't know the answer, it's usually Jesus, okay? You ever do that in Sunday school? If you don't know the answer, just say Jesus. You'll be right 95% of the time, okay? And then the one time it's like Samson and you're like, well, I just thought it was Jesus. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus claims all authority. Not some of it, not a little bit of it. He has all of it. And then what does he do? He immediately turns to his disciples and say, I have all of the authority. Now you, I impart this to you. You go and make disciples of all nations. The authority I've been given, I'm now giving that to you. We talked about being a disciple and what that really means. Are, are we disciples of Jesus in this place today? Yes, we are. Now, I know we're not the actual disciples, those people that were there at that point, but this passage is for us. We also are to make disciples of all nations. Jesus has given you authority in your life and he then charges them with the ministry of making earth look like heaven. And that's exactly what they did for the rest of their lives. Is there sickness in heaven? No, then we don't want sickness on earth. Is there anger in heaven? No, that we don't want it here on earth. Is there sadness in heaven? No, we don't want it on earth. Is there war in heaven? No, we don't want it on earth. We pray against that in the name of Jesus. Is there depression, addiction? No, we can overcome these things by the power of Jesus. And your life has so much more meaning than just being a good person and try not to feel bad when you mess up. But yet, dare I say 90% of Christians will live their entire life feeling that way. I have so many friends that have walked away from the faith and their main reason they said why they left is because they were tired of feeling bad all the time. And the problem is, is that was never how you were intended to live. That's not the life that God has for you. That's not the abundant life that Jesus promises us. So if you're just stuck in this place of feeling bad about yourself all the time and not living up to the standard of Jesus, stop that. <laughs> And live victorious in Christ. You're a co-heir with Christ. 
the Bible says. The Bible says you're a royal priesthood. It says that you're sons and daughters of the Most High. That you're more than conquerors. Amen? You're victorious over sin. You're justified by Jesus. You're bought by the blood of Jesus, redeemed by him. You're a new creature. You are a new creation. You are made alive in Jesus. You are not the same person that you used to be. You are a citizen of heaven. You were chosen by God. You're God's handiwork. You're the apple of his eye. Let me tell you that you are made for more than you understand in this place today. You're made for more. Some of y'all don't believe me yet. Let me help you. Number three, you're made for more than you know. You're made for more than you know. Ephesians 2.10, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. As the band comes back up, close us out today with this. You're God's handiwork. He created you with a unique identity specific to you. Now, you might say, if you're trying to get cute with me here, you might try to say, what about identical twins? Okay, all right, you wanna talk about that for a second? They share the same DNA. They probably have the same parents. They have the same household makeup, right? They have the same school, probably some of the same friends, a lot of the same experiences, all these things that are very, very similar in their lives. They're identical in the way they look, everything about it. And yet, what do you find more often than not is sometimes you'll see that they have completely different personalities. They have completely different mindsets on things. And of course you might say, well, of course they have different experiences in their lives and that's what makes them that way. And I fully believe that, I totally understand. So aside from the obvious, I really believe it's because God makes each and every one of us unique in who we are and in our identity. Even identical twins are still unique and God has made them that way. Isn't that amazing? You can look exactly the same as somebody, but there's gonna be one little thing that's different. There's gonna be this other thing that's different. God has a unique plan for their lives. It's different than their brother or their sister. And in the same way that he makes us unique as people, God has unique plans for your life and no two plans are alike. Isn't that amazing? That the plan that God has for your life is unique to you and it's unique for you to discover, for you to find out what that plan is and that's between you and God and you have this individual relationship with the Lord and Ephesians 3.20 it says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. That's Paul finishing a prayer there. He's saying to him who is able to do immeasurably more than you can ask, think, or imagine. And then maybe you stop there. But what does the next part of that verse say? Put it back on the screen if we have it, please. I wanna, I wanna show you. To him, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, think, or imagine, according to his power that is at work within who? You. God is able to do more than you can ask, think, or imagine, but he needs you. His power works through you. And God has chosen to do it that way. God, could God do anything he wants? Absolutely, he's God. He can do whatever he wants, anytime, place. Want to heal somebody? Bam, done. 
want to stop the war right now in Ukraine? Done, immediately right now. And yet, what does he do? He chooses to work through you and me and his power is made whole and his power is revealed, I should say, through you and through me so many times. He chooses to work with you. And that is a, a pleasure and an honor that we have as Christ followers, that God would choose us when he doesn't have to. Broken people that mess up, that do struggle with sin, right? We struggle with these things. We're, we're never gonna be perfect like Jesus was on this earth and like he is, right? We're never gonna live up to that. But you know what? God chooses still to work through us and to give us grace when we mess up. And that is just a beautiful thing. And I believe that God wants to work through you today, right here, right now. I believe that he wants to take you deeper than you've ever gone with him before. There's a place that God can take you that you have to make the decision to go though. That's why it says, according to the power it worked with, within us. If you don't want his power to work within you, that's fine. You can live a mediocre Christian life the rest of your life and struggle with the same things over and over and over again and then scrape your way in the elevator straight into heaven. That's fine, but that's not good enough for me. And I hope it's not good enough for you because I want victory in my life, amen? I don't wanna struggle anymore. I want victory, I want power. The authority that Jesus claimed, he said, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, now therefore go. He imparts the authority to you and to me and yet we see the disciples when they're on the boat and there's this raging storm all around, right? Jesus is asleep. This dude is just sleeping. It says he's asleep on a pillow. Jesus is just chilling. He's got his comfy pillow there, hanging out. There's a storm raging. The boat's going nuts. And they wake Jesus up and they say, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care about us? What's going on? We're gonna die, Jesus. Do you not care about us or about anything else? And it says that Jesus turns to the storm. What does he say? Peace, be still. He says, cut that out in my terms. You stop that storm. I feel like that's how Jesus talked. In the name of me, right? <laughs> he says, you stop that right now. And then he turns to the disciples and like, don't you guys have any faith? How is Jesus able to sleep through a storm? And I think this is, this is the difference between living a mediocre average life and living the life that Jesus wants us to live is Jesus was able to sleep through the storm because he knew he had authority over it. It didn't phase him because he knew he could wake up and tell it to stop. Now, what are things in your life that you're running around frantic, struggling with, dealing with over and over and over again, the storms that are in your life and you're acting like you don't have victory in it and Jesus is looking at you and me right now and saying, don't you have any faith? Don't you know that I've given you authority over this? Don't you know that if you just call on my name, I'll be right there with you. But the problem is, according to the power that's at work within us, the disciples woke up Jesus and had him do it. So many times we want God to do something for us, but let me tell you today, God wants to do something through us. You look at the storm. He's turning, why don't you have any faith? Why don't you do it yourself? You have the authority, you know this. You tell the storm to calm down. They just didn't know that they were able to. 
But let me tell you, you're able to look at the storms in your life and say, peace be still, because God is on my side. Everybody stand up in this place today. I need some people here today that are done with average. Is there anybody here today that's gonna say, you know what, I wanna go deeper with God. Yes. I'm made for more. Yes. Come on, is there anybody? God, we want to go deeper with you. We understand that we're made for so much more than just average. We're made for more than Sunday morning Christianity. God, we're done. We're going after you with everything we have. We are not satisfied until we experience your presence, Lord. We're not satisfied until we know you, not just know of you. I don't want to come to church anymore and just play games, God. We're not doing that anymore. We're going to come to church so we can experience the holy presence of a God that created the universe. A God that created me, a God that created all of us in this place today. God, that is what we want. We want your spirit to work in us right now. And so God, I ask you, Lord, that you would just move in this place right now. That you would put it on the hearts of people to not be satisfied with the the mundane, not be satisfied with average anymore. Father, that they would understand that they're made for so much more than making it into heaven, but you want to get heaven into them right now. You want to infuse some holy power and authority in their lives right now. Come on, if there's somebody that says, you know what, I, I'm done. I'm done with this Sunday morning stuff. I'm not satisfied with average. I cannot live another day without having more of God's presence in my life. And if you're ready to go deeper with the Lord, if you're ready, and you want to take that challenge, you say, I want to go deeper this year. This is the time. If that's you, I need you at the front right now. If that's you, I need you at the front right now. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. I need you at the front right now. If this isn't you, don't be ashamed, okay? We are all on a journey. If you're not ready, it's okay. But listen, challenge yourself. If you're ready, I want you to worship. We're going to sing this song, Take Me Deeper Than My Feet Could Ever Wander. My faith will be made stronger. I'm praying faith and, and just an amazing amount of authority over you through the name of Jesus today, right now. We're going to sing this. I encourage you to lift your hands to worship God, to open your mouth and express what it is that you're feeling right now. Don't hold it inside anymore, but let yourself go to that place and take a step out into the water. We're talking about that next week, going into the water. When God called Peter out into the water, what this song is talking about. Next week, God's going to be calling us even deeper than this week. But right now, we have to make the commitment to say, hey, I want to go. I want to go. I'm getting on the boat. We're getting on the boat right now. Come on, let's lift our voice. Let's sing this out.
Come on, there's some things that you're holding on to still. I feel the Spirit of God is saying right now, there's some things that you're holding on to. There's some things that you're still, I'm not letting go of yet. And if you're going to go deeper with the Lord, you have to determine that those things are not going to hold you back anymore. And you have to drop them off right now. Drop them off. Drop them off. Drop them off. There is power in the name. Come on, we're breaking chains this morning. Jesus is doing it. If you have a chain in your life, an addiction that you're still dealing with, if you have a sickness that's plaguing you, call on the name of Jesus right now. And take hold of the authority He's given you. Why? Because there is power in the name of Jesus. Come on. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain. To break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Come on, lift up a cry today. Break every chain. Come on, there's power.
today, somebody needs to give their life to Jesus. Maybe you need to recommit your life to him or you need to give your life to him for the first time or you just need to kind of say, Lord, I, I'm giving you my life again. I'm, I'm getting back on track of going deeper with you. I don't care if you're at the front, if you're at the back, if you're on the rad team. I just wanna know if that's you. If that's you, would you be willing to pray this prayer with me? To pray a prayer of giving your life over to him, to making him number one. And then also praying a prayer that I'm gonna go deeper and I'm not gonna stay where I've been because obviously what I've been doing has not been working. So in solidarity across this place today, would everybody pray this prayer along with me with those that are making that choice right now? Somebody say, Jesus, there is power in your name. I believe that you died on the cross for me, that you have a purpose and a plan for my life. I put you first as my savior and as my friend. I make a commitment now to go deeper with you than I ever had before. I'm done with average. I'm done with mediocre. God, I'm chasing after you. In Jesus' name. Come on, can everybody just give a big shout of praise to the Lord today? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Goodness gracious. Well, I would say that I'm surprised, but I'm not because I knew that this was where the Lord was taking us. Now, I don't know what it looks like, but I do know that this isn't the kind of church service that the Lord would try to cancel, okay? So if you wanna go deeper with us, that's great. And if not, I understand. You might not be there yet, but that's where we're going. And I think there's so much more fullness, there's so much more life so much more peace and joy and love when you really understand who you are and when you understand who God is. So let's pray one more time and I'm just gonna close us out. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for our time of worship. And I pray, Lord, that you would remind us throughout the week of what happened today, that it would be a life-changing, life-altering moment. Wouldn't go back to the same. We're moving forward. We're looking our, we're fixing our eyes on you, not on our sin. We're fixing our eyes on you, not on our past. And God, we pray once again for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. God, would you continue to move in your mighty spirit and your mighty power over there? Make us aware of the things that are happening, Lord, and would you let it draw us even nearer to you and closer to you as we look and we really see the frailty of this life how fast it goes. God, I pray blessings over every family here. Would you give them favor? Would you give them provision? Would you give them blessing? In your name we pray, amen.